everyone, and welcome to the Modern Money Smart Pod. I'm Sean McMahon, and today I'm rolling solo as your host. And what makes that really unfortunate is that I'm on a road trip. That's right, road trip, baby. I'm coming to you today from the Futures Industry Association's Expo Conference. My co-host Colin Hogan couldn't make the trip, which is absolutely crushing me, because like always, FIA Expo is being held in Chicago. And so I'm sure Colin and I would have come up with some kind of Blues Brothers-infused banter. I'm not sure which one of us would have been Jake and which one of us would have been Elwood, but I'm sure we would have had a lot of fun. Even without my partner in crime, it's great to be at this event because Expo brings together leaders from across the futures and options industry, including executives that lead some of the biggest financial exchanges in the world. And as you've probably heard, there's been just a wee bit of news coming out of that sector lately with the spectacular collapse of FTX. So I think you're going to like hearing from the president and CEO of the FIA, Walt Lucan. Walt will share his thoughts on the FTX debacle and what it might mean for the future of regulation in the digital asset sector. Walt will also share his thoughts on other products, like event-based contracts. You might recall we discussed those kinds of contracts a few episodes ago with Tim McCourt from CME Group. And this year also marks 50 years since the introduction of Financial Futures, So Walt will look back on how he has seen the industry evolve. So I'm excited to dive into Expo, but for now, I just can't resist going a little bit Blues Brothers on you. I can assure you that from where I'm sitting, it's not 106 miles to Chicago. I don't have a full tank of gas, and I don't have a half a pack of cigarettes. It's not dark, and I'm not wearing sunglasses. But before we hit it, here's a quick word from the exclusive sponsor of today's episode, MFS Investment Management. Low returns, volatility, risk. Today's bond markets can be challenging for institutional investors. At MFS Investment Management, our disciplined yet flexible, active, 360 fixed income approach allows us to navigate changing markets, striving to drive long-term returns across market cycles. To learn more, visit mfs.com slash fixed income. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining me today. I have a very special guest, the host of the Futures Industry Association's Expo Gathering here in Chicago, uh, Mr. Walt Lucan. Walt, how are you doing today? Great, Sean. Thanks for having me. It's uh, nice to be back in Chicago here. How are things going? We're uh, about halfway through the first day of, of the conference, and how are things going on your end? They're going great. I mean, there's a lot of interesting things to talk about, including last week's events with FTX. So that's certainly topical. Um, and we're also celebrating the 50th anniversary of financial futures, um, which you know marked 1972 when really our modern derivatives industry began. Um, so we're both celebrating the old and the new and everything in between. It's, it's a fun kickoff. That's excellent. I, I do want to talk to you about the, the 50th anniversary of financial futures. But as you mentioned, FTX is the, is the hot topic. And uh, on the flight over this morning, I was kind of landing in Chicago uh, as the sun was coming up. And I was trying to think of the impact that the FTX implosion would have on this conference. And, and here's what I came up with. You got to work with me here. Sure. Um, I was inspired by, like I said, the, the skyline of Chicago. And I thought of the, the famous words from the, the also wise American philosopher and Chicago icon, uh, Ferris Bueller. <laughs> I, I think he said something like, life comes at you pretty fast. And if you don't slow down every once in a while to segregate your customer funds, things might get messy. <laughs> so let's get into it. F- yeah. FTX. No, I mean, obviously, we're still learning some of the events um, of what happened with the implosion of FTX. Um, But as we have been, as an industry, talking about for over a year now, 
the importance of regulatory segregation of customer funds, making sure that um, you know all these these protections that come with the Commodity Exchange Act and regulation um, are in the entity um, for the crypto industry. Um, the good news for FTX is their regulated entity, Ledger X, as far as we know, um, was was made whole. Uh, the customer funds were protected. It acted just like the regulations anticipated. It was the unregulated cash crypto markets where all the illicit activity occurred. Uh, so to me, this is a call um, you know, of policymakers that we need to bring uh, the unregulated activity into a regulated sphere. And Congress, there's already several bills in Congress that would do that. Uh, but hopefully this lights a fire um, for policymakers to try to get that done in 2023. Yeah, you mentioned Ledger X and uh, CFTC Chairman uh, Rostin Benham mentioned that this morning, that of all the entities, I think I think FTX has something like 130 entities. And the only one, yeah, that, that kind of withstood all this was the regulated one. So so regulation is obviously a thorny you know, issue kind of ebbs and flows in this industry. So, so you think you kind of that kind of holds up as one of the one of the the good examples of how regulation can work? And absolutely. I mean, we are a regulated industry. We don't shy away from regulation. We want to make sure it's smart regulation that it makes the risks of the activity match up uh, with the activities. Um, but as I said this morning, you know, it's really a simple formula. It's if you're doing the same activity with the same risk, then you should abide by the same regulations. And so. So that's really the mantra that we're trying to follow as an industry. Um, so we are looking at the crypto industry, and there's some very great fundamental foundational things that the Commodity Exchange Act can do to help that industry come out of the pits that it's in right now um, and, and legitimize it again. So um, we're hopeful that next year Congress will act, um, and we will be a part of that process. Yeah, you mentioned, I think your words were, disintermediation has consequences that are sometimes severe. And so... Um, how do you think this will kind of change the look and feel of, of these events? You know, I've been at the last few gatherings of the FIA and, you know, I think anyone who'd been there would notice the last couple of years, they've taken a certain, you know, digital currency or excuse me, digital asset feel to them, you know, the sponsors right. and attendees. Is that kind of cool? Is this a turning point or what do you think? Well, we'll see. We'll see. But I think certainly, you know, our conferences are a public square for our industry and they reflect where our industry is heading. And a lot of people in our industry were interested in the crypto markets. You know, we need to separate the public square aspect of this and, um, you know, what our principles are for how people should act in the public square. And in my view is, as we've said over and over again, um, you know, if you're going to be in this business, we have standards of high principles that everybody should abide by. Um, so hopefully um, coming out of, of the ashes here is a phoenix that comes from the crypto industry uh, where they can, you know, start to, you know, take on the regulatory aspects that the rest of the futures industry and securities industry has. So that's uh, my hope. It's not too dissimilar from Enron where the unregulated uh, Enron Online uh, crashed in the early 2000s, Congress acted to regulate that business. Uh, same with Lehman Brothers, the unregulated OTC business. Now we regulate those things, and we regulate them like the futures markets. So we are a model of regulation that I think this industry, the crypto industry, can abide by. We'll be right back. In today's complex bond market, it can be challenging for institutional investors to meet their fixed income goals. That's why MFS Investment Management's Active 360 Fixed Income Approach strives to capitalize on market volatility. 
seeking alpha to drive long-term results. To learn more, visit mfs.com slash fixed income. You mentioned at the outset at the top here that, you know, this year marks 50 years of financial futures. So when you look back, you know, you haven't been here for all 50 of it. Yep. You're kind of a, you're not that, you're not that I'm old not that of a old. fella. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you've been around a while. So how do you reflect on what you've seen and, and those five decades of change? Well, our industry is incredibly innovative. There's something in our DNA that you know causes, uh, whether it's the, the, the Chicago attitude or the London attitude or whatever, but our industry is always trying to break things and start new things and disrupt. And um, you've seen it since 1972 when Liam Malamud and the CME first listed foreign currencies on their platform. Uh, you know, uh, Richard Sander of, of Chicago Board of Trade listed interest rate you know contracts for the first time in 1973, and all the way to where we are today, including in 1982, the Lon- the life the London International Financial Futures Exchange began in London, um, really globalizing this financial regu- revolution. Um, so that 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 arch that we've seen uh, in that arc over time. Um, really continues to this day. And I know people are, are very skeptical of the crypto industry, but something good will come out of this, um, something that we can learn from, something that we can advance our industry long-term. It's just unfortunate that we're in the sort of the, the doldrums of, of you know, what has happened since last week. Do you think this is as, let's just say it, as bad as it gets? Is this a turning point? I think earlier in the session they were saying is, you know, is this the Bear Stearns or is this the Lehman? You know, where do you kind of come in on that? I don't know. I'm I'm hopeful that this is really more of a crypto industry um, contained issue and not something, you know, traditional financiers really not gotten into, you know, the banking system has not really gotten into crypto. So I think from what we can tell now, um, you know, it's unlikely to have any sort of contagion effects beyond the crypto industry. That said, there's still going to be entities, um, and we'll start to see that cascading over the coming weeks as more is uncovered uh, here. So there may be additional fallout that we see in the coming weeks. One other topic I want to touch on, event contracts. Yep. You know, we had Tim McCourt from CME Group on here a few episodes ago when they were announcing the launch of those contracts for them. Um, during the presentation this morning, you, you, you pulled up a, a quote that, that came from, from none other than yourself back in 2008. So what's your view on those? Has your view, viewpoint evolved? And, you know, if so, how? Well, I certainly see um, a benefits in event contracts. I mean, we have the infrastructure to allow these contracts um, to be listed, um, some of them with some clear economic purpose behind them. You know, our markets are made for hedgers and end users. And of course, there are, are enormous amount of speculatory interest in our markets. Um, but as you start to go down the path of really only speculative contracts, you get very close to to gambling. And gambling is, you know, something that the CFTC is prohibited from, you know, regulating in that sort of way. Um, so it's just going to be fascinating to see how they draw that line. It used to be that the Commodity Exchange Act under the CFTC had what they called an economic purpose test. And that made sure that any contract that was listed had hedgers, had an economic uh, purpose underneath the contract. You know, with the Commodity Futures Modernization Act of 2000, that disappeared. Um, But they still sort of, on their own, made sure that these contracts were not gaming, pure gambling. So the CFTC is getting more and more of these contracts with more access by 
customers and by traders to marketplaces, um, that people want these kinds of binary options. Um, and the CFTC has the ability to clarify where that line should be drawn. Um, I'm, I, I'll admit I'm a bit agnostic. I see both sides of this. I understand that our markets um, should be able to, to list what they want and let the buyers decide whether they want to do it. Um, but the CFTC does have a role to play here to make sure there's legal certainty. And these, these markets, once it's decided and policymakers make that decision, uh, can thrive within our current structure. Great. Well, hey, listen, Walt, I, I know you're a busy guy today. You're up and you've got to head back on the stage, you know, juggling fireside chats and panel discussions. So I really, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to, to join us. Sean, thank you so much. Well, that's all for this update from FIA Expo. But before we get out of here, I want to say one final thank you to the exclusive sponsor of today's episode, MFS Investment Management. 